the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Uh, as we head into hour two, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is the number. Anything on your mind? Six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty. Talk about uh, Iowa if you like, and where it goes from there. What you suspect? What you expect? Um, there is no poll that shows DeSantis beating Haley in Iowa. There are polls that show them tied. There's no poll that shows him beating her. She's beating him or tied with him. Um, that um, it may not be completely predictive for two reasons. Iowa is because of the caucus system uh, no- notoriously um, hard to accurately poll. Although I do take some satisfaction in the polling when they all seem to say the same thing directionally. On the other hand, the DeSantis campaign has been very loud in setting expectations high over the last 72 hours. And that tells me that maybe they know something the polling firms or the media doesn't. Um, You wouldn't brag that much typically if you expected to come in third. My sense is if DeSantis comes in third, he's done. That's my sense. I don't think you can come in third as Ron DeSantis and then come in third again in New Hampshire, which he very certainly will do, and then come in third again in South Carolina, Nikki Haley's home state, which he most very certainly would do. This is what doomed Giuliani's campaign uh, in 08. He couldn't win. He just went from state to state, coming in third, fourth, third, fourth, third, fourth, and he had to bow out, especially when you are that, shall I say, um, when you're Q rating. Do you remember Q ratings? When you're when your reputational rating is so high as Ron DeSantis's is, when over a year ago he was seen, not over a year ago, but as recently as a year ago, he was uh, seen as, you know, the wonder boy, the wonderkind. And uh, unless he knows something we don't, that's thought one. Thought two, there is a very good likelihood that Donald Trump will win more than 50% of Iowa tonight. That has never been done in a competitive race, where there, that is to say, where a Republican has faced challengers. Incumbents, sure, okay, they've gotten it. But never in an open caucus has that ever happened. David, you're smiling. Am I getting it wrong? I'm getting it right? Yeah, if he, if he beats 50%, well, that deflates everyone else going forward. That That's a big thing. That'll be a huge boost. Um, and um, I want to say something about what the New York Times is writing about Iowa in a few moments. I gave a little bit of a talk on Martin Luther King 
in my first hour. I, I want to say one last thing about King. Um, it was in his final speech in Memphis where, again, if you read King as he spoke and as he wrote, you would find nothing the BLM movement or Ibram Kendi or the 1619 Project or Al Sharpton, you would find nothing in common, not in their denigrations about America, which he kept saying was marvelous and great, not in the systemic racism, which he said would not have been possible to get the gains that they had received if it were so. This, I, just, I just think this last, last quote of his is fantastic. So in his speech in Memphis, when he says, um, when, where he speaks to the greatness of America, he says, we have an injunction and we're going into court tomorrow morning to fight this illegal unconstitutional injunction. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they hadn't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for right. And so, just as I say, we aren't going to let dogs or water hoses turn us around. We aren't going to let an, injunctious, an injunction turn us around. He knew that the injunctions were illegal and unconstitutional. He did not speak, as the academy does, about how racism is embedded in the Constitution and law. He knew it was not in the Constitution. This was of a piece with Frederick Douglass, who famously said, find me one part of the Constitution that justifies prejudice. It was King and Douglas before him who simply wanted us to live up to our Constitution and not, not distort it for temporary purposes. And notice that other thing, too. King could call the Soviets and China totalitarian regimes. He did not think those countries were our equal or had anything to offer in the way of justice. He condemned them just as he condemned the nation of Islam and just as he could understand the difference between right and wrong and just and unjust. And this is why he could love America and Israel and black men as well as white. One standard, one love. Um, and it's, it's interesting. As I was reading that part of, Link, of King about the First Amendment privileges compared to Soviet Union or, as he called it, Russia and China, I was thinking, you know, we conservatives who have had our First Amendment privileges and rights so vitiated, so curtailed, so conscripted. We should just read that. We should just hold those signs at our protests and rallies and rallies and quote Martin Luther King. We ought to do that. That would be a that would be a great thing. Um last thing just because it's touching on King, unless you guys have more. Um yes, he was assassinated in 1968. Did you know this, young David? It was not the first time someone tried to take his life. Do you know that story? In the 1950s, a disturbed black woman plunged a letter opener into his chest. I did not know that. Yeah. She only died like two years ago, by the way. That's how close history all this is. And it came within a millimeter of his heart. I did not know it was that close. King said if he sneezed, he would have died. Yeah. But he didn't sneeze and he didn't die. 
the woman who plunged the letter opener to his heart, uh, she died, yeah, just a few years ago. When King was stabbed, the papers reported that sneeze line, that if he sneezed, he would have died. Uh, and Reverend King said when he was convalescing, he received letters from all forms of clergy and actors and senators and a president and vice president. He said the letter that was most important to him was this one from a nine-year-old girl in White Plains. Here's the letter. Quote, Dear Reverend King, White Plains, from White Plains, I am a ninth-grade student at the White Plains High School. While it should not matter, I would like to mention that I'm a white girl. I read in the paper of your misfortune and of your suffering, and I read that if you had sneezed, you would have died, and I'm simply writing you to say that I'm so happy you didn't sneeze. Well, if a nine-year-old girl can understand what color blindness and justice was, I guess I would just conclude this segment by saying, isn't it our duty to do so as well? Seems to me it is. With all thy teaching and talking about Martin Luther King, get him right and get it right and particularly his views about America, our Declaration, and our Constitution, his views about people who speak on the name of black, the name of black power and in the name of violence, none of which he wanted anything to do with, none of which his movement was about. People like Stokely Carmichael, they left his movement because he wanted nothing to do with it. Okay, and remember, call him a reverend. That's what he wanted. See how many papers speak of him as reverend or how many speak of him as doctor. If they call him doctor, that'll tell you what the newspapers care about. And if they call him reverend, that'll tell you that the newspapers care about calling him and giving him the title he actually wanted. Speaking of newspapers, I wonder whatever, you know, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to find out if we can find whatever happened to that nine-year-old girl. That would be, that's what I'm going to do on the break. That's what I'm going to do okay. on the break. When we come back, I want to say something about the newspapers, particularly the New York Times and what they're telling Iowa voters in the caucuses to do tonight. It's really quite laughable. Risible would be the right word. We'll be right back. 602 508 Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. By the way, Mr. Bill, did you have an opinion on – what four-wheeling means in Arizona. And if I asked you what it meant, you would think it meant just going on a Sunday drive in an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive car, or would you think it meant ATV? Answer number one or answer number two? Neither. You have no interest in this. You are impassive on the point entirely. Bill is not a lifelong Arizonan. He has an out. <laughs> I was. Bill is, yeah, he's a lifelong Arizonan. Weren't you raised here? Yeah. I think so. I think he is. Uh oh. You were you were raised here, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah. No, David's slandering you all over the place. He said you aren't a lifelong Arizonan. You. I thought he was adopted from Mars. No, 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 no. Well, yes and no. Um, (laughs) I went four wheeling this weekend with my car that has four wheels on a road. Does that count? No, no. I never understood the term. Yeah, I think it means one of these ATV type things. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's not just a Sunday drive. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called four wheeling. It would be called driving. And some of those ATVs have three wheels, don't they? So we're still actually closer to four wheeling on average than all of those type <laughs> of things. That's very funny. That's a good point. Yeah. I'll show myself. No, out. no, no, don't yet because right, not yet. Uh, Bill is substantially younger than me. I <laughs> think that's you. fair to say. And I don't know if I'd say substantial, but I try to make it count 
It depends on the context. It's context-dependent. Okay. Like Claudine Gay said, it depends on the context. Sure. And I'm, I'm like 5% younger than you. Are you? Well, let, let the listeners do the sneaky math. Is that right? Did you figure that out? Something like that. It might be a little more. Okay. I better make sure I have the exact percent. Uh, my point is you are much more tied in to au courant things. You're a fan of sports games. You know sports figures. So I said to you early today, I said, did you listen to the Cat Williams interview on Club Shay Shay? And he looked at me. And he said, I don't even understand one part of that sentence. I was trying to process, are those names or <laughs> this what, how many of those are verbs? What, yeah. It's breaking the internet. Shannon Sharp, the football player, um, three-time Super Bowl winner, which I was right about and you were wrong. You brought me that fact. I yes, brought sir. that to the, yeah. yeah. I'm surpassing you on this stuff, it sounds like. You're 5% farther than me on sports games. It sounds like it. Further. Further, not farther. Right. I um, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I, I hate it when people do that. Sorry about that. But as long as I was on a streak of winning and beating you and defeating you into a pulp, I was yeah. just going to continue okay. going with the <laughs> thoroughly vanquished. Yeah, thoroughly vanquishing you. Cat Williams is a comedian I had never heard of. He's an African-American comedian who evidently is just huge, huge. And I just didn't know much of him. And I didn't know about Shannon Sharp's podcast either. But evidently, he goes on this interview with Shannon Sharp. It's had like 50 million views in the last week. And he just takes it to everyone in the industry, Cat, Cat Williams, for two hours in the movie industry, in the comedy industry. And he, he, he tells them like it is. He's, what, he tells what, him what it's like. He tells him what it's like, yeah. He, it's worth listening to if you can handle a little – just a little bit of the – a little bit of the, uh, of the uh, graphic talk. It's not too graphic, but if you can handle it. Um, anyway, it's, it's amazing what he said about Harvey Weinstein, how he was onto that before. He had nothing – anyway, Kanye West, uh, all kinds of actors and comedians you may know. It's, it's fascinating and – I don't know how smart Shannon Sharp is or not, um, but you could tell at the beginning of the interview that he wasn't really liking what Cat Williams was doing. It was like too. Mm. So he's got some hit, powerful hitting my that, friends. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. The community may not like this, but then you can kind of see the turn in his head saying. Or do I have maybe the biggest interview of the year going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> and he just let it let it ride for two hours. My point on that, I don't remember, except to say that there are vast parts of the culture, I guess, that we know nothing about, including Cat Williams and his com comedic prowess. I have to confess, I watched one or two, two one and a half of his uh, Netflix specials and um, – I don't recommend them. They didn't sing to me mm. at all. But he's huge, evidently. Huge. And I learned all about this on the Adam Carolla show, which surprises me that I'm ahead of you on that. Cause you are. Yeah. I'm only about an hour in. I've got an hour to go I'm, in today's. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, this was last week. But what did I see? You listen oh, at I high, missed it then. Yeah. Well, you listen at high speed. You miss, you miss a lot. You listen at like 1.5 speed or something. I think, yeah. I think you miss a lot. Anyway, thank you, Bill. Hey, thank you, Seth. Yes, sir. Um. I was saying earlier, presidents tend to be presidential on foreign policy 
when the other party's primaries are at the height of their media attention because they look like they're doing the job and they're being the responsible one while the circus is taking place. Joe Biden isn't doing that and cannot do that. I made mention of the fact two Navy SEALs went missing or died this weekend in the Gulf of Aden. Uh, We had a situation um, where uh, the Houthis have now fired on a uh, American um, cargo ship in the Gulf of Aden. First time uh, the terror groups attacked a U.S.-owned vessel. Uh, President nowhere to be found on any of this because he can't be found on any of this. He made such an issue of wanting to strut over getting us out of Afghanistan, so much so that even though 13 Americans and untold numbers of allies were killed in that exit, he called it an extraordinary success. An extraordinary success. He can't brag about that either. But there is a story in today's Washington Post on Afghanistan that is heartbreaking. When you think about the speed and recklessness with which Joe Biden left Afghanistan and put the Taliban back in power, here's the piece in the here's the headline in the Washington Post. In the new Afghanistan, it's sell your daughter or starve. Afghan girls ages 8 to 10 being sold into marriage. Desperation forced parents to thrust them into brutal adulthood. Across Afghanistan, child marriages have skyrocketed, and not only because of economics, economic collapse. Families once hoped that their daughters, when educated, might find good work and contribute to the family income. Today, Under the Taliban's ever-increasing restrictions, school is prohibited for girls after the sixth grade and work options for women are few. As a bride, however, a woman is a valuable commodity. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare that we had corrected, course corrected, and Joe Biden reverted us to. Name me one place in the world this guy has done a better job than than before he found it. He's the opposite of the Boy Scouts. He's not leaving something better than he found it. He's making it worse than he found it. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Did you hear that PSA that just came on? I didn't have ears for the past minute. Okay, fishing and anglers and stuff. Do you know why a fisherman is called an angler? Because there's a, isn't there, no, actually I don't. It's the hook. Was the an angle, angle. yeah. They, an angle. To fish with a hook was an angle back oh. in days of yore. No, I didn't know that. I always figured there was like a type of fish called an angler or something. It's the yeah. It's the it's the way they described the hook as an in, in as I say oh. days of yore. Did you see Doug Burgum endorsed Donald Trump? No, no, it's about time. big headlines yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd like to ask you ask you a question. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that I've heard that you single-handedly <laughs> saved Martin Luther King Jr. Day for Arizona <laughs> in 1986. I've read the newspaper clipping. It said, uh, young Arcadia High School student Seth Liebson fights the good fight. No, it wasn't single-handedly. Would you, would you care to explain yourself? It was a big group of us, but we were heavily involved in it. Yeah, Bill knows the story. Uh, we were seniors in high school, four of us, Amy Rudkin, Molly Sh- Schaefer, Leah Hirsch, and me. 
and we were so angry that Governor Meekham, we were high school seniors, we were so angry that um, Evan Meekham had canceled Martin Luther King Day that we staged a protest, peaceful, nonviolent, at the upcoming pep rally that day or school rally that day, some kind of big school meeting that day, and talked about it. And we suggested that all students walk out on Martin Luther King Day, all that wanted to anyway. And the principal threatened to uh, not let us graduate if that took place. So I called (laughs) the two newspapers and a radio station to tell them that Students at a high school are being threatened with expulsion or not being able to graduate if they protest on behalf of Martin Luther King. And we were front page of the one paper the next day, I think page five or six of the Arizona Republic for a few days in a row. That's what I'm seeing. And yeah. on the radio, my mom heard this on the radio. She tells the story. She and my sister were driving around. She heard it on the radio that students at Arcadia High School are being threatened. They didn't name our name. She goes, huh, that'd be Seth. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Seth. Um, anyway, uh, it was a big fight with the principal. We got the papers to weigh in on our behalf, and the community joined us in support. And, you know, we weren't bad students. We were all pretty good students. We were all going off. I think each and every one of us was going off to a good college or planning to, had been accepted. All of that was in jeopardy. So it's not like we were ne'er-do-wells and deserved not to graduate. No, no. You you staged a later day sit-in. Yeah, Yeah. we were taking it to the streets. We were showing them how it is. That's crazy. And that's that's when you were liberal, Seth Leibson. (laughs) That's right. But I'm still proud of it because I think that that's the right thing to do. On that day, then, a bunch of parents joined us. Um, I'm trying to think if any of them are still around. Yes, I can think of two of the parents that are still around um, that I'm in touch with a little bit here and there. Uh, They joined us out there with protest cards and all that. Anyway, yeah, I was very proud of that. Yes, sir. Is that all you got? No. You know what else interests me? No. The fact that uh, this this article is right next to an advertisement for a pool that has no payments until 1988. What 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 article? <laughs> Arcadia student. Oh, am I in the? Oh, you're gonna read. Oh, you have the article. King March halted. You yes, have this. I found it from the Arizona Republic. What's it say? Uh, Leah Hirsch said she, Seth Liebson, and Amy Rutkin. You were correct in your story. Yeah. We're organizing classmates Friday to participate in a march scheduled for Monday at the state capitol. Ooh, wow. When they were told by Principal John Cal Bruins that if we encouraged others to go, then we would be suspended. Yeah. 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 And uh, the final quote of the article, to uh, surmise it, it, it would be more appropriate to stay in school and make their points be heard. Oh, yeah. It would be more appropriate not to protest. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What better way to celebrate Martin Luther King than not protesting, (laughs) I guess is what he was saying. (laughs) No, apparently that's... uh, that's what Leah oh. uh, read that okay. she announced. That's so announcement. funny. Yeah, God, okay. it's so funny. Uh, her daddy is a good friend of mine, and he was out there with us. And well, anyway. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. He- Seth Leibson single-handedly. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Seth no, Leibson, no. gang of four, no, I wasn't. saves Martin Luther no. King Jr. No. Day for Arizona. No, mm-mm, mm-mm, no. You should get royalties every Martin no. Luther King no, Jr. No, no, I was, I, was, I was not even quaternary, much less tertiary to this. But I was proud of it. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, sponsored in part by my friends from the Midas Gold Group. Over there at the Gold Group War Room, the MAGA veterans at Midas point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank. Well, the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank. That belongs to you. This is your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do, a controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call to the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000. Or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 480-360-3000 or MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful. Midas Gold Group. MAGA, I'm proud of it. MidasGoldGroup.com. Yes. What? Rick is in Phoenix. Hi, Rick. Hi there, Seth. <coughs> Happy uh, MLK Day. Thank you. You too. Do you, is that what you say? Happy MLK Day? I think so. Okay. Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure about that. I'm not that, either, but, but I thought that sounds about right to me. Okay. Good. Good. Well, listen. I just have two quick points. One, uh, you were reading a story about what's going on in Afghanistan. Yeah. Was that from the Washington Post? It was, sir. Yes. Okay. Uh, my point is this, uh, and, and I don't know if you were reading this when you said it or uh, just commenting, uh, but. Uh, you read or said something to the effect that uh, since uh, education is no longer available to yes, uh, that was in the story. And so forth, yeah, and this is the only option yes. left right. for women. Yes. Okay. These are not women. These are young girls. Thank you. And that makes them pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And where the heck are the women's lib? And, uh, you know, women that, that decry that sort of thing, where, why are they not yelling and screaming because at they're the yelling, of their Because voice? they're yelling at Israel. Because yeah, they're yelling right. at Joe Biden for supporting Israel. Those are all, did you see all those women in pink, all those feminists standing no, up for Hamas? It makes one's stomach turn. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because of I the mean, great women's rights that yeah. were Ugh. in Gaza. Just, Makes you want to throw up. It makes you yeah. want to throw up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Th- that's why now, they're not there. On to my quick second point. Yes, sir. Uh, in regards to the Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King. Yes, sir. Uh, I. It would be interesting to know how many of our current students are taught and have heard just the kinds of things that you have been sharing with us today. Zero. Yeah, that's my... Or as close to zero as one gets. There might be an enterprising student here and there that learns it on his own or has a parent that teaches it to him. But in the schools, zero. Yeah. They will conflate him with Malcolm X, and Mm -hmm. they will, yeah, all that. Everything he didn't want. Everything he didn't want. And it will all be twisted to to present their perverted and perverse uh, uh, ideas. Yes, Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. exactly. I, I just, you know, I just I just thought, man, if only every student in in, in America could hear the tr- those truths that you've shared with us, what a what a difference it might make in in at least some of them. Uh, well, I'd like to think so, but you know, I'd like to think that that's true of all of our history, you know, Rick. Yeah, yes, right. Um, yeah, you agree with that. I, I you know, this this notion that 
America was, you know, born evil and has perpetrated evil ever since it was born. Um, that's just a, an alien thought to Martin Luther King. It's just alien. Yeah. He, he, he wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's not how he talked about this country. It's not yeah. how he talked about the Declaration of the Constitution. He wanted no truck with those who wanted violence. He wanted he he wouldn't understand what the BLM is about. He wouldn't understand what the 1619 Project is about. He wouldn't understand uh, what most liberals understand the Nation of Islam is about because he condemned the Nation of Islam and Elijah yeah. Muhammad, who was Malcolm X's and Louis Farrakhan's boss. He wouldn't he wouldn't have any truck with any of that nonsense. And to the, to the degree. That we remove ourselves from that understanding of Martin Luther King is the degree to which we become entrapped by this new Ibrahim Kendi rewriting of civil rights and and the history of America that um, – I'm sorry. It's um, – I wish I could say the word on, 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 um, on radio, but it begins with the animal bull. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sadly, I have to agree with you, but thank you for sharing those momentous and important, greatly important. By the way, what a disfavor to the effort for civil rights yeah. to miseducate people in that history and about this country. You know, yeah. when you think about what their greatest strides were and the greatest achievements of the civil rights movement were, one of the beautiful things about King was, and whether this was strategic or deeply moral, but probably both, you know, the way he got this country to move on civil rights, civil rights legislation, etc., desegregation, etc., was to unite us around a common set of principles, ideals, ideals and themes, i.e. our founding documents, Constitution and Declaration. Think about how divided we are and where that division comes from. That division at root, at base, is about the dispute over our founding, isn't it? It's about people who think we were, we were, we were, we were born uh, evil. We were born in sin and have perpetrated it ever since. That's where the division comes from. And you know, to get everyone on board to unite this country, and I'm obviously exaggerating when I say everyone, but to get enough. Southern Democrats and Northern Democrats and Southern Republicans and Northern Republicans on board to do this thing that we did, you know, yeah, um, that within 40 years saw the election of a black man president twice, um, 40 years, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. less than 40 years from the from the Washington March, but certainly by the time he died, you know, to get us there was based on that work. It wasn't based on the work of Farrakhan. It wasn't based on the work of Patrice Coulours. It wasn't based on the work of Ibrahim Kendi. These are the hucksters who are picking up the cheap scraps and selling it as if it's prime rib. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, sadly. Uh, division seems to be much more of a goal than unity like uh, Reverend King uh, yeah. had, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, that reminds me, Seth, of a quote from one of our founding fathers, if we don't hang together, we're going to hang separately. Yeah, and we're about to. We're about to unless we get this right. No, I mean, we are. I mean, this—I don't know how much more tension 
how much more stress this country can take right now. I, I've never – the more people I talk to, the more smart people who you know, are in all various kinds of fields from the academy to government to medicine, I, they've never seen the country under this stress, never. People older than – far older than me. Thanks, Rick. Portions of this show brought to you by our friends at Y-Refi that have a secure investment that actually helps people and gives you a ton of flexibility. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back with this investment. You get your monthly statement with no surprises. There are absolutely no fees. Y-Refi is offering up a secure and collateralized portfolio where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. Not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI24, or you can visit them. They're local. They're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. And uh, when you do visit them, if you do visit them, you get no sales pitch. They leave that up to me. You won't be asked to sign a thing. Two days ago, two, Joe Biden told reporters... I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. Today, we learned that two American SEALs, Navy SEALs, were killed or have gone missing in the Gulf of Aden, trying to investigate and inspect an illegal arms shipment of Iran's. Today, we learned that The Iran Revolutionary Guard Corps attacked the U.S. consulate and airport in northern Iraq. One wonders if Biden lied when he said, I've delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. One wonders if he thought he told the Iranians not to do anything and he gave them a strong message, but didn't. One wonders if he told them And they've taken the measure of the man and they don't care. Not one of those three options is a good one. Not one. IRGC claimed responsibility for attacking the U.S. consulate and airport in Erbil in northern Iraq. Two Navy SEALs inspecting an illegal arms shipment in the Gulf of Aden from Iran. Missing. Dead. Probably. Hopefully not. Our prayers to them and their families. And thanks from a grateful nation, if so. Hopefully not. Americans being held hostage, still, by Hamas. Funded by Haran, Iran. Hezbollah, attacking American allies and Americans. Dangerous toys we've given to Joe Biden to play with. Who's acting like a very dangerous young boy. We'll talk to Brandon Weikert about all of this when we come right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.